Jesus wants us to know that he's the beginning of something brand new. He started something from his infancy. He's the radiance of God. What sunlight is to the sun, Jesus is to God. It's God's brightest light to date. Thank you. <laughs> I'm glad you're here because without you, I don't have a job. <laughs> you may be seated this morning and, you know, and, uh, and I say that respectfully. You know, uh, it's, it is a... It is a fact that, you know, why would anybody want to just come and listen to, you know, a Northwoods guy? But uh, God works in mysterious ways and, you know, uh, in spite of, you know, what the odds might be. Well, you heard all the announcements there and... uh, we celebrate this great season and this opportunity in this month is, you know, is dedicated to this whole theme, you know, of Christ's birth and unwrapping this baby in the manger and uh, uh, with an overarching theme of life, hope, and truth. Life, hope, and truth. Last week we began... Uh, you know, by pointing out the fact how you can trust the Bible and why you should be able to trust the Word of God. As we looked at history in advance, is God, you know, over 4,000 years before the events took place, and out down through time to almost up to 400 years before it came that there was that there were over 35 authors that did the writing under the auspices of one holy spirit wrote 39 books and covered history in advance told the stories identified the particulars and it all came to pass. It all happened. The, the, the odds of that, I looked it up and I'm not a mathematician but there are those that have done that and, and, and I, I wouldn't even know how to explain to you what those odds are because there's so many zeros after you get to the trillion, what's after that, you know? And, and, but it's, it's just, uh, it's impossible in the natural realm of all things coming together except that there has to be someone divine behind it that's able to orchestrate it and bring it there to pass. So, so that... You know, we really can trust the Bible when, we, when it says that Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. Who is this baby? It's more than just a, a good story. It's, 
and some fond memories and even fuzzy feelings. It's more than a tradition that's been passed on. From the moment Jesus' feet hit this planet, it was about a different path. It was about some unexpected responses. It was about a narrower way. And while the world tries to devalue Jesus, we live in this hour and this time when it seems that the controversy of Christmas and the things surrounding it, every year people become more and more offended by it. Innocent displays. of a baby in a manger. Lawsuits run more rampant than Christmas carols. They try to devalue him by making him simply a good teacher, a good man, a moral person, a religious leader. He's all of that. But he's so much more. When you think of Christ and this season, there are things that pop into your mind to the answer who this baby is. He's the Christ. He's been born of a Virgin Mary. He's the Word made flesh. But in Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 through 3, there are eight descriptive things of who this baby is. And that's what we want to look at today. Who is this baby? That the wise men sought him so diligently and traveled for, we know, at least two years to try to get so that they might worship him. Eight descriptions of who Jesus really is. Who is this baby? There's a song that says he's more than just a baby. And sometimes, you know, rightfully so that we get enamored by the event when we need to start to recognize the person. There's some wonderful things that happened, miraculous things that took place, and some odd things that happened. But each one of them happened just as the prophets in the Word of God said. And so this passage of Scripture, it says, God who at various times in various ways spoke in times past to the fathers by the prophets. So God's channel of communication. 
And we have the book. It's penned. And we discovered last week of those prophets that spoke about him. And we have the penmanship of these, some of these writers of the book. Moses being a major one and having written five books. Bringing us history, but more than history, bringing us revelation. Revealing how things happened and sometimes why things happened and then dropping in between the things that are going to happen. So God has never been silent. The modern press had not yet been invented. CBN, NBC, Fox News, ESPN, you know what I mean? They didn't exist. It was just some voices. In fact, it was so isolated, isolated, yet so pronounced that the Bible says that John the Baptist was simply a voice crying in the wilderness. But his voice has always been in the earth. Hallelujah. And so as he spoke in times past, he has moved now to speak to us. Has spoken in these last days to us by his son. Man. In fact, here's the father at his baptism said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Hear ye him. So heaven audibly begins to back up what Jesus has had to say. What he represents what he was about to do. Has in these last days spoken to us by his son, by whom he appointed heir of all things, through whom he also made the worlds, who being the brightness, back it up, thank you, who being the brightness of his glory, the express image of his person, and upholding all things by the word of his, of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of majesty. Who is this baby? He's the son of God. In John's gospel, the idea of the sonship is key to John's theme. There are three titles that were given to Jesus that used the language of son. He's called the son of man, the son of God, and simply the son. The son of man. 
Who is this baby? He's the son of man. When he refers to this son of man, he is drawing from the Old Testament passage of Scripture in Daniel chapter 7 and verse 13. It says that Daniel is looking and he says that I was watching in the night visions. And behold, one like the son of man. Coming with the clouds of heaven, he came to the ancient of days and they brought him near before him. Verse 14 says, To him was given dominion, glory, and a kingdom. And his kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. So when Jesus himself called himself the Son of Man, he is lay, laying claim to God's future kingdom in which he would rule forever. God's future kingdom is being created by this Jesus, this baby, this who he is. It was in John chapter 1 and verse 51 that Jesus is referring to Nathaniel, talking to him, and refers back to Jacob's ladder. He tells him, he, he says, I see a ladder, and you know, there's activity that's going on of angels descending and ascending. Jesus is telling Nathaniel that he is the only one that links both heaven and earth together. Jesus is the only one that brings heaven down to earth and earth up to heaven. Fact is, Jesus said this, that all authority, that God had given him authority to judge, to judge at the resurrection because he is the Son of Man. He's the Son of Man. He's the head of the human race. He's the first of the new creation. Yes, who is this baby? He's the son of man. You say, what does it have to do? How does it fit? Well, the story of John, in John chapter 9, verse 35, the blind man who's blind, and the disciples are asking him, why is he blind? Did he sin? Did his father sin? Or what, what, what caused this? And Jesus said, neither of those, but that the glory of God might be manifest. And after Jesus healed him, he calls the man to himself, and he says, 
Have faith in the Son of Man. Hallelujah. Jesus wants us to know that he's the beginning of something brand new. He started something from his infancy. Oh, hallelujah. Jesus was not only born under the auspices of the Holy Spirit, but everyone that is part of this new family is also born of the auspices of the Holy Spirit. Marvel not that I say unto you that you must be born of water and of spirit. Hallelujah. The man said, who is he that I might believe? He's the son of man. He is what makes us to be able to attach and connect to God. He's got to become the son of man for us. Oh, come let us adore him because God is moving in something new. And then he's the son of God. That's a statement of his messiahship. He is both man and God. A title of of who he is. And then he also uses, in reference to himself, just the son. Which means he's one of a kind. He's one of a kind. And out of that, he shows that there is the element of love and obedience. You see, he's always been divine, but he has not always been man. He became man. So he's spoken to us by his son. By his son. Ever notice that it's the Jesus that they want to remove? It was, don't speak to us in that name, the Pharisees, the religious leaders. I've got a problem with you because you being a man make yourself God. Well, hello. (laughs) Don't you hear the message that I'm trying to give to you? If you latch onto it, if you grab a hold of it, if you will see it, you can begin to participate with it. So he's the son of God. 
He is the Son, and He's the Son of Man. Giving Him legal rights to the throne of David. He is the author. He is the initiator. He is the, he is the beginning of the kingdom of God. As a son, he is also heir of all things. Everybody say all things. All things. He's heir of all things. You can be independent of him if you want. But when the last word is written, the last page is turned, he will stand and he will shine. One, two, and B says he appointed heir of all things. I want you to think about maybe in your life someone has passed away and left you an inheritance. left you an inheritance because it's been passed on to you as a family member. Well, if you had siblings, of course, it was divided. If they had a will, it probably, you know, explicitly made details to what you got and what the other ones got, etc., But here's what it says. It says, God has given everything to his son. He's given absolutely everything to Jesus. That that baby in the manger. The deepest oceans, the farthest stars, the highest mountains, you know, it doesn't make any difference. Everything belongs to Jesus. When you look around and you see what's going on, you may raise some questions. Does everything really belong to Jesus? Because it seems like Satan, you know, has went ahead and pitched his tent everywhere. Like he's making his claim to the dominion and domain on earth. Well, he's an illegal squatter. He is church. In the end, he's overthrown. And in the end, Jesus is installed as the rightful king. Sometimes the scripture is quite vague in the in-between but it is very precise when it draws a conclusion. And he, a great dragon, the great Satan was cast into the lake of fire and all of his counterparts and cohorts were cast into it with him and 
They burn forever and for, forever. And I know you don't hear that too much in the church, but it's in the book. Because he is heir of all things. You look at the scoreboards in the press. You listen to it on the airwaves, and you would think that he's winning in the struggle of good and evil. But when the final tally is taken, everyone that finds themselves on the side of Jesus are going to find themselves on the victory side. In the world you'll have tribulation, but fear not, I have overcome the world. The good news is, is because he is heir of all things, we are joint heirs. Hallelujah. Joint heirs. There's only certain elements of the kingdom that has been dispensed in its fullness. But in his time, He's not only the heir of all things, he's the creator of the universe. The picture that he draws for us in just these few passages of scripture, he he made the worlds. He's the agent of creation. He's the Lord of all the ends of history. He's the one who wrote the script. He brought the universe into being. And he watches over its unfolding as it's happening. He was at the beginning. And he's going to stand at the end. You see, Herod sometimes got a better picture of who he was than sometimes people do. We told you last time how he was after the seed, the seed of God. That's what he's always after in your life. He's after the seed of God. Herod just wanted to make sure that he didn't become king. So he did some very devastating things. God just, he just, he doesn't have to do much for it to be much. I want you to leave. (laughs) Why don't you go down to Egypt? Egypt. 
why don't you just send a, a whole host of angels and just wipe the guy out? I got a better plan. Let's just show them how futile it is. Oh. He's the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end, the Creator. He's the Lord. Everywhere you run, everywhere you turn, you run into Jesus. Because God has invested, God has determined. It's he who you see with a, you know, as a baby and in a physical, with a physical body. It's he who was doing the creation in the beginning. He is, he's the radiance of God. Who being the brightness of his glory. He's that blazing radiance of God. To put it this way, what sunlight is to the sun, Jesus is to God. Oh, hallelujah. It's God blazing. <laughs> Woo! Hallelujah. It's God's, it's God's brightest light to date. It's the sun, it's the, it's the glory of God that shielded. That's why they couldn't see it. It was wrapped up in a human body. But the shepherds saw through just the flesh on bones and said, we got to get there. We got to go. We got to find him. That's the radiance of God. It'd be easier to separate the sunlight from the sun than it is to separate the Son from God. This is not supposed to be about theology. It's not supposed to be about, you know what I mean, God's. It's supposed to be a reflection and a revelation. brightness of his glory. How many think we, we ought to let it shine? <laughs> Amen. I, I think that, I think that, that Christmas and in the story of, of, of Christ being born, I'll tell you what, the church needs to let it shine. Those that recognize him, those that understand who it is, you know what I mean? Those that believe, you know, in the kingdom need to let it shine.
It's more than happy holidays. Oh, it's too quiet, church. Come on. It's more than happy holidays. It is a happy holiday. But it's a Savior is born. It's a Savior is born. Hell, I'm going to do it yet this year. As I walk through the, the uh, well, it'll probably be the Mall of America. That's probably where I'll walk, be walking when I see all these, all these decorations. I'm just going to ask somebody that's, you know, that's in the group, what does this mean? What are these decorations up here for? What is, what are they, what are they? What's, you know, why did you put them up? I want to get an answer. I do. I want to, I want to go ahead and, and, and get myself a, a platform of opportunity. Do you know who started this? <laughs> you know? I'm not asking the world to be bold. I'm asking the church to be bold. I'm not asking the unbeliever, you know, to, to tell the story. I'm asking the believer to tell the story. I hope that's not going to be too offensive to buddy. That's not the, but I want to snap somebody's, you know what I mean? Awareness. Why are you celebrating? Why are you exchanging presents? Why do you get the day off? <laughs> you don't even believe in the one who the day was made for. And let me tell you, you know, whether it's the 25th or not, God did make the day. And he made it for Jesus. Because he is the brightness, the radiance of God. He is the exact representation of God's nature, the express image of his person. What it means, the Greek word there means he is the perfect character of God. The idea of this is, is that an engraving tool. Let's look at an engraving tool to, to make a coin. The coin is basically imageless. And then you take that imageless coin and you put it in this engraving tool and you, you know, press down on it and it leaves the exact image that was in the engraving tool. And that's what he is saying when he is, you know, the perfect representation of God is God has stamped his perfect image, everything about him in Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. God has spoken in these last days. If you want to know what I'm like, you want to know how to operate in any given situation go ahead and take a look at Jesus
To the sinner, his hand was extended, you know what I mean, with love and mercy to the adulterer, you know what I mean? He, he was trying to make a bridge for them to escape the horrors of their own life. And to the independent, those that thought they needed less of God, he wasn't quite so friendly. You know what he was saying when he said to the the Pharisees when he talked about, you know what I mean? Well, you're of your father, the devil, who, and we looked at that, who was a liar and a murderer from the beginning. He said, listen. He said, it's more about your present relationship than it is about your past history. He says, there needs to be life where you're at. Life where you're at. As God began to ask me to go in this direction, he, he accompanied with this. He said, it's not just because they don't know it, nor just to inspire them but it's to let them know that they're going to need it. You're going to need to be able to trust the Word of God because that's what you're going to rely upon that will make you strong and help you to stand wasn't a fearful thing. It's informing us. He's the image of God. When you see Jesus, you can move it ahead. When you see Jesus, you see all that can be seen of God in this present time. You cannot see more of God than what is revealed in Jesus. In him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. In him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead Bodily. He is the sustainer of all things. It says as he upholds all things by the word of his power. He's the power behind the power. He's the nucleus of creation and the glue of the galaxies. He is the one that makes gravity work. Somebody give the Lord a praise this morning, I tell you. Let me tell you. The finger.
finger of God is everywhere and it's working every day of our lives and it's so norm. But at all points. You know, the Bible says this. Of this, they are willingly ignorant. Did you know that they don't really believe it? But they choose to go that way. That's some of them. Some people don't know. That's why we have, we're supposed to be spreading the gospel, telling the, telling the good story. But he's the power. He's the power. He's the power. That's who that baby is. See, if it was just a baby, everybody would endure it. But see, the devil knows who he is. That's why he's trying to rob the ideas of it, who it is. They don't want you to see who this baby is. Oh, come, let us adore him. Simeon, now mine eyes have seen thy salvation. As a result, because of a prophetic word that he had received, he says, now I said, I can, I can leave this earth, but I've seen your salvation, which shall be to all peoples. The church must not make Jesus Christ exclusive to themselves. My grandson, if you ask him, what's your favorite song? Go tell it on the mountain, over the hills and everywhere. The Jews, they thought that God Almighty was exclusive to them. Then they were more concerned about protecting his image rather than sharing his image. Hallelujah. Jesus is not to be exclusive to the church. Jesus is the message. I'm not talking about sending out, knocking on doors.
But it was Peter that said, you need to be ready to give an account of the hope that's within you. Why do you, why do you think the way you do? Why do you, you know, have hope the way you do? Why do you believe the way you do? I don't know where you want to start in your story, but a good place to start this time of year is, well, I'll tell you. About 2,000 years ago, an event happened. And then about 4,500 years before that, men begin to tell about the event happened. And it happened like they said, and so with everything changing so dramatically, and I need something a little more concrete. So that's why I'm so happy that he's more than a baby. Now, I know, church, that we, we believe all this, and this is just part of our, you know, our makeup, but... When I get down, I got to go, are you really believing that he sustains all things? He's the Savior. It says that after he provided purification for us, The cross is enough. The cross is sufficient payment for our for our sins. There's no penance that you have to do in order to make it complete. Salvation is in Jesus Christ alone. The angel said, For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. He is now seated at the right hand. Of majesty in heaven. What's it saying? He's saying God is fully satisfied. With the sacrifice of his son. Ephesians chapter 2 says for grace are you saved through faith. And that not of yourself but it is a gift of God. The place of highest honor, that's where Jesus is today. As my musicians count, it's where Jesus is.
There's a friend in heaven. He reigns over the past, the present, and the future. And soon he's going to return to earth and reign visibly from David's throne in Jerusalem. Philippians chapter 2, verse 9 says, For God has highly exalted him, and given him a name which is above every other name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, those things that on earth and those things that have on heaven and earth, those on earth and those under the earth, okay, and heaven, there it is, okay, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, the glory of God, the Father. Hallelujah. Thou shalt call his name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. First on the list of the purpose of Jesus Christ coming is to save people from their sins. Can't get them into the kingdom until you get them into the forgiveness. Jesus. Jesus. Who is this baby? He's the heir of all things. He's the creator of the universe. He's the radiance of God. He's the exact representation of God's nature, the sustainer of all things, and he's our savior. He is not simply a savior that just deals with our sins. But he's our savior when it comes to our life. To our life. Because sometimes life has its problems. Jesus is the chief cornerstone. He's the hidden treasure. He's the bread of life. He's the sure foundation. He's the great physician. He's the great teacher. He's the Lord of the harvest. He's the lily of the valley. And he is the rock of ages. Stand with me this morning. Do you believe that Jesus is the Son of God? Do you believe that Jesus is the Son of Man? There's a connection there, church. In other words, what it says that, you know, he's the beginning of what's taken place in our lives. He's the son. He is what God is making us, or he is who God is making us to be like. Pressing his image into our lives. 
Jesus. Hallelujah. All the songs that help us tell the story, thank God for them. As I even listen to the music that's playing during these, quote, holiday seasons, they've taken a lot of the traditional songs away that help to tell the story. Because we got to move Jesus out of the way. But he tried to stop the seed. With Cain and Abel. Through history he has tried to stop the seed. So it can't go forth. And though it's in different forms and different frames and different functions, you know, coming at it in a different way, he's still trying to stop the seed. But Jesus said, Peter, listen. I'm going to build my church. And the gates of Hades and hell is just not going to prevail against it. It's not taking a nonchalant or passive position. It's taking an energetic position. My word is going to accomplish that which I've sent it out to. Maybe you've dropped the word someplace. There's a power and spirit of God called the Holy Spirit that's watching over the word. Making sure that it brings forth exactly what, what he wants it to accomplish. It will accomplish that which I've sent it out to do. The one I think that I would like for you to, to stand out in your life this morning, mostly, is that he upholds all things by the word of his power. He holds it all. Glory to God. He holds it all. Father, this morning, give us fresh recognition that revolutionizes how we see. Give us fresh insight and perception that enlightens how that we think. Reveal to us the power, God, so that it will stimulate how we walk. Let us be storytellers like never before.
as we tell the story. Who is this baby? Father, may the blessings of the purpose of Christ be upon your people in a fresh and an anointed way. May the pulpits in this land of ours begin to proclaim a name that you said that the demons in hell tremble at it. Give us voices from the shepherds to the kings and everything in between. In Jesus' name. Amen. Give the Lord a praise this morning as you go. Glory to God and glory to God. It's Hallelujah. Put a smile on your face. Put your head up high. Glory to God. And put the gospel of preparation of the gospel of peace on your shoes. Amen. And go forward. Thank you for listening to this message from Bible Center Church. For more information, you can find us online at www.biblectr.org. You can also connect with us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Bible CTR.